0: Coming up on today's show, a big weekend of games again has big NCAA tournament implications as the number of games everyone has left to prove themselves winds down. We'll go over all of that, but first, got a fight to break down here on Locked On Big Ten. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I'm Nate Dickinson. Thanks for making the show your first listen every weekday, Monday through Friday. Hope you enjoy listening into the program. If you're watching on YouTube, not a lot of the perks. Again, if you're listening in, hopefully everything's working with the audio. I'm holding the mic right now. I am. On the road, as I mentioned, I would be at the end of the last week, so hopefully on tomorrow's episode, as long as everything's smooth at least, we'll be back to a normal setup and have everything squared away ready to go. But if anything looks or sounds a little weird right now, it is because I'm with the mobile setup, and this is my first time really trying this. I tested everything out before, but it should be everything uh, at least as far as like the audio and video of it, at least a little bit close up to standard. We won't have the graphics with us just because I don't have the computer ready with me, but it, it will, again... Be back to normal by tomorrow. Welcome again into the show. We got a whole lot to get into a big weekend of Big Ten basketball. But again, we're going to start off the top with the big altercation at the end of the Michigan Wisconsin game on Sunday night. Before we get to any of that, though, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online. It was where the sports happened. It's your place to go for all of your online sports betting needs. Again, Bet Online. Anything that you need for sports betting, we'll talk to you more about them in just a minute. All right, so let's get into what happened exactly at the end of the Michigan-Wisconsin game last night because it was a very, very interesting end to this matchup. After everything was really all decided, Wisconsin had the game wrapped up. With less than 30 seconds left, the Badgers inbound and end up not being able to get the ball past half-court And as a matter of fact, I don't even know if they got the ball inbounded and they were waiting for that. No, no, they did inbound because that matters for um, what I'm going to get to next. But anyway, they inbounded and then ended up calling timeout because there was some sort of trap situation. Something got tipped out of bounds. That's what it was. Yes, I can't even remember that anymore. But anyway, something got tipped out of bounds. And when that happens, Wisconsin kept the ball. But that 10 seconds that they have to get across half court doesn't reset. So Greg Guards ends up calling a time out there to reset that clock. That's what he's doing. Uh DeJuan Howard the Michigan head coach doesn't like this. He he thinks there's 15 seconds left and understandably he's probably in his head being like even if we get this turnover and we get a turnover 15 times in the next 15 seconds we still won't have enough time to score 15 points, right? That was the margin at that point. It's going to be your game either way. We're all just trying to get out of here. How about we just go home? Greg Guard I Don't know if I blame him for calling the timeout. Maybe it's just like you're in the game and you're thinking about it at the time, not really understanding or considering that, you know, there's only 15 seconds left. Maybe just let this one go. If that's just the head coach in him, I understand. Uh, Juwan Howard took exception to it immediately. If you watch the replay, he looked over when it happened. But I will say that as the game ended, And as they started to go through the handshake line, I think that Howard was ready to let it go with only a kind of cold shoulder to guard as they passed. Now, this is where things get a little bit interesting, because guard in the post-game press conference says he ends up stopping Jawan Howard to tell him and explain to him what I, I just explained to you, the 10 seconds thing, all that kind of stuff. Now... He ends up grabbing his arm and doing this. And I do honestly believe that while that's, uh, I mean, obviously a physical thing to do, grabbing someone's arm and stopping them, when it, it did look like Juwan Howard was just trying to get through it and get out of there, and maybe guard should have picked up on that vibe as he was starting to go through that line. At the end of the day, it was Juwan Howard who was stopped by guard. Sorry, the air conditioning just went on here in the hotel I'm staying at. But uh, Greg guard stops Juwan Howard. And is saying something to him. He says it was explaining that end of the play to him. It it does look like maybe that's what's happening. But the point is Howard is ready to kind of just power through and guard. Whether he meant it aggressively or not. Did put his arm on him. and, And Howard took that the wrong way. Immediately started... Talking a lot more aggressively on his end, does actually grab uh, guards. It was quarter zip, I think he had on, whatever it was on the outside, grabs it for a second, like aggressively, like he's pulling him towards him. Then I think he realized that's like, that's a mistake. Don't do that. He let him go and, and started pointing very aggressively, just looking at him very, I mean, in, in, intimidatingly, intimidating big guy. And guards just like, whoa, I'm not, I was not trying to do this. And that's been his story the whole time. At least that's what it, it started to happen. It was not. After things got heated, guard was all just talking and hands up. He was not uh, aggressing anymore. I don't know if the Wisconsin assistant that came over saw Howard grab guard's jacket or something like that. That's the only thing I could think that would make someone charge in so aggressively like the way that that assistant coach did. When at the moment, things had started to get heated, but it was just talking. Then that assistant comes in very, very aggressive. Howard takes, what I guess, a half swing and ends up open hand on him hitting in the head. And and then things go crazy from there. I mean, mean, players get into it, of course. Actual real hard punches are thrown. I don't know if I saw anything actually really, really solidly connect where anyone would have gotten majorly hurt. But the point being that uh, this was something that happened at the end of the game after we're supposed to be done with everything. And most importantly, between coaches... I don't know where you put the blame. Again, a Guard, I do think, was just grabbing him at first to stop him, to talk to him, whether that was going to be a nice talk or not. I don't know. He claims he was just trying to explain something again. Howard, again, I understand his thinking behind like, hey, what are you doing calling that timeout? You got us beat right now. Why are you trying to prolong this game anymore? I understand why you take a, a bit of a exception to that. But again... None of it should have ended up erupting into what it did. I'm very interested to see what comes out of this investigation as far as if anyone outside of people who were deliberately throwing punches gets suspended or anything like that. Uh, Greg Gard, after the game, did take one little bit of a jab. He he said that he was going to explain this rule because he was like, maybe he didn't know the rule. I kind of took That is a little bit of like, well, why wouldn't I understand Juwan Howard's a young head coach and new in this stuff, but why wouldn't Juwan Howard understand a rule about a 10-second call and why wouldn't he especially understand as a Michigan alumni and someone who played on some pretty important games, why wouldn't he understand the rules all around timeouts? I mean, if you're going to coach Michigan basketball, you got to know timeouts if you're coming out of that fab, fab, Fab Five team as a player, too. So... Maybe there was a little bit jab there, but uh, Wisconsin, as far as the aftermath of this, has very, very smartly, if you ask me, just taken the side of the victim, trying to uh, absolve itself of any sort of blame if there is any. I mean, their assistant coach got hit. Uh, their head coach got very, and I would say Juwan Howard was the bigger aggressor in this thing, in getting all everything started. He was, I mean... Verbally abused, you could say, I guess, if you want to get into a workplace environment kind of thing. Um, as far as suspensions go, Howard's going to be suspended. I don't know for how long. Uh, players, anyone who is on the tape obviously being seen, thrown a punch, I would imagine would have to be suspended in multiple games. I'm very interested to see how much suspension comes on the Wisconsin side here. Uh more interested to see how much of the suspensions come out of the Michigan side, though, just because that these suspensions are going to be coming down from the Big Ten. And while this is serious, of course, it's also very serious getting as many teams into the NCAA tournament as you can. And we'll talk bracketology in a minute, but Michigan is very much on the very edge of being in or out of this field of 68. So, with what happened with Wolverines yesterday, obviously people are going to have to sit down for a little while, but. I'd be very interested to see how hard these penalties are, given that it's the conference giving them, not the NCAA. At least, I don't think the NCAA will do anything. I think they'll leave this to the Big Ten. And the Big Ten's interest is in getting NCAA tournament teams. It's in getting Michigan to the tournament. So players are going to have to sit out of this. Obviously, Juwan Howard's going to have to be out for a little bit. Uh, I'd be very interested to see exactly how much actually comes out and how long Howard and any players end up actually having to sit. Because again, there's only so much time left in the season and Michigan needs wins right now. So again, I I think that The timeout, I don't know if it was anything that was supposed to be malintent or not. I really don't think Guard was trying to make any sort of message or anything. I understand Howard taking exception to it. I understand him giving him the cold shoulder on the way by. I understand Guard wanting to stop him and say, Hey, hey, I'm not trying to be mean here. But then that's really where the miscommunication happened, right? Gard grabbed him on the arm. And while I don't think it was to be physically aggressive... It was a grab to stop him from walking through again in a way in which I think Jawan Howard was really just trying to get through that handshake line as fast as possible. Again, Guard said post game two that Howard had said to him, I'll remember that. Now, he didn't make it clear whether he said that before he grabbed him, like if Howard said, I'll remember that, and then Guard grabbed him, or if Guard grabbed him, and then when Howard had started talking his garbage is trash, then if that's when it came out. But I don't know if that matters all that much. That's, that's really where all this started is, I think, just a miscommunication that ended up turning into something a bit more aggressive uh, just because I really don't think, I mean, I, I am on the side of you shouldn't probably take that timeout right there, right? It's not going to matter. You get the ball in. It's not like Michigan's putting any sort of huge, huge pressure on you to take this game. Yeah, I understand why Howard's upset there. But I really do understand a situation where a guard was just kind of coaching and didn't see what was happening. So better ways to handle things? Absolutely. Uh, Better things to fight over? Absolutely. Uh, But as far as what actually happened, I'm very, very interested to see how big the suspensions are. Because I really, really kind of doubt it, that it'll come up anything huge. Coming up, we're going to talk about everything else that happened in the Big Ten over the weekend, of course. But that was just a really, really fun thing to kind of get into to start our week. Maybe not fun is the right word, but if you're a Big Ten basketball fan, you like it when people get rowdy. So that was always, always something we have to keep in our heads and at least mention. Coming up again, we got Big Ten stuff to get over. Joe Lenardi, of course, is updating us daily on his field of 68. And later on in the show... What is the one player I would like to have on my team if it was close at the end of the game to try and close things? I'll go over a couple of names in the Big Ten as we get down to the end of things in the regular season and when things matter most in those close game situations. Who is it that I would want taking my last shots, running my last five, five like five minutes in a close game? We'll talk about all that here on Locked On Big Ten. Well, football season may be over, but basketball still in full swing. They're going at it on the ice. Baseball... Maybe coming back soon. Maybe we don't know. You can bet on, I'm sure, if it's coming back or not, because they have lines, odds, and props for just about everything over at Bet Online. It's where the game starts, it's where your sports gambling experience turns into a positive because it's just an overall good time being there and it's not stressful trying to run through a whole bunch of numbers on a page. They've got a new website out with a great looking interface. So head on over to Bet Online and get your action started immediately. Again, they've got the lines, props, and odds on anything that you could want to put your money on. So go at least check them out and let them know we sent you, of course, over at Bet Online, where the game starts. Back here on Locked On Big Ten, let's get into the recap of what you may have missed over the weekend. Again, Nate Dickinson with you. And again, thanks for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday. Over the weekend, a whole lot of stuff to go over, starting with what was supposed to be the most important and notable game of the weekend before punches start getting thrown on the sidelines between Michigan and Wisconsin. Illinois faced off against Michigan State. The number 12 Illini able to defeat the number 19 Spartans. In Michigan, final score 79 to 74. And if you were watching it, you know how it happened. Trent Frazier with a shot that I personally wouldn't have advised him to take with Michigan up by, I think it was one at the time, and about a minute and a half, I think, left to play. But Trent Frazier nailed it from way, way, way back behind the three point line. Huge clutch shot, and Illinois ends up taking it. Bad shot until it goes in, right? Frazier ends up leading Illinois at least at the very end to that win. And the Illini picked up a much-needed victory over Michigan State, and it helps them out in bracketology, too. We'll get to that with Lenardi in just a second. Elsewhere, the number 18 Ohio State Buckeyes fell big at home. The Hawkeyes of Iowa taking care of them 75-62, to 62 the final score in that one. Keegan Murray had 23. It was another really good showing for Iowa, who is furthering or further solidifying their bid into the NCAA tournament. There was a time not too long ago where I was saying that that was my team to look at to kind of fall off. That team has turned into the Indiana Hoosiers, by the way, who played tonight. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. Elsewhere, Northwestern was on the road at Minnesota. The Gophers picked up a much-needed win after some struggles of games earlier last week. 77-60, to 60, the final score in that game to wrap up the Saturday matchups. Over to Sunday, of course, we already talked about Wisconsin and Michigan. Wisconsin had won it handily when things started getting handsy. Wisconsin, uh, number 15 team in the country, wins 77-63, to 63, the final score in that matchup. And then rounding out the weekend, number five, Purdue got revenge on against Rutgers, 84-72. to 72. You might have seen Matt Painter said it might be the best quad two win in the history of college basketball, which I don't understand what that is really. But congratulations to the Boilermakers, I guess. That's a look at the weekend scores from around the weekend yesterday. Let's take a look at what Joel and Artie had to say after these games concluded. This is after everything but the Purdue-Rutgers game. He tweeted this out after the early games had already finished Michigan-Wisconsin yesterday. The new lines are as such as far as Big Ten teams. All nine Big Ten teams are still in. But Michigan and the Wolverines are currently the very last team, number 68 of 68, projected to get into Lenardi's field. That is with suspensions pending for at least a couple of players, it looks like maybe, and definitely the head coach for at least a game. So it's not looking great for the Wolverines right now. If they end up losing games because of this, that becomes a story line. If Michigan ends up losing a couple games here in a row because, I mean, things got derailed, and then they end up not making this NCAA tournament, that's how what happened last night becomes a bigger thing. Because to be quite honest, what happened last night at the moment is bad, and it needs to be disciplined, but it it is just a couple of grown men fighting over a basketball game at this point. Um, It's not something that needs to be meaning anything more, or something that we remember really long, long term unless it ends up contributing to Michigan not making this tournament. Then Jawan Howard has some heat on him. Then this team that was number six preseason becomes an automatic failure instead of being a team that, hey, fought to make the NCAA tournament, and then maybe it becomes a failure by not making the Sweet 16 or something like that. I I really don't know what the goals are for Michigan fans at this point. But anyway, you're trying to make this tournament right now, and you're going to be without your head coach. And Lenardi has you on the thinnest of ice at the moment. It seems like a recipe for Michigan to fall off. The momentum I have been saying is going the Wolverines way. It needs to go the Wolverines way. Everyone wants them in this tournament. But what happened last night is something that causes losses. And no matter how much everything matters around Michigan basketball, if they lose the games on the court, they're not getting in. And I mean... I don't think it's really going to hurt Michigan all that much. What's going to happen here is a downfall of this altercation. But it could be enough where people are going to say if they lose the next game or two, hey, what were you thinking, Juwan Howard, going after something that didn't matter in a game that very much mattered at a time that very much mattered? The game, I guess, had already been decided. But at a time in the season that very, very much matters. Why would you do that? That's the question he will have to answer if it becomes that more obvious that being without him and the consequences of his action are really, really affecting this team. Anyway, moving on to the rest of what Lenardi had to say. The next kind of team on the brink is the Indiana Hoosiers. It has been for a little bit. Rutgers has jumped Indiana and is still safely in the field, according to Lenardi, right now. Indiana's in the last four, like, by, so not in the playing games, but they would be, I believe, a 10 or 11 seed if they were to start this tournament, but not have to play in that first four games. Still a lot more closer to comfort than Hoosiers fans would like to be, especially with the way that they had started this season and were hoping to get through things the first year under Mike Woodson. Not looking as good for the Hoosiers right now, I still like their chances to get in. Uh, Wisconsin's up to a three seed with that win over Michigan last night. Illinois also at a three seed, being helped out by beating Michigan State on Saturday. Uh, Again, Rutgers still safely safe at the moment. And also Michigan State and Ohio State, after losing, fall down from out of the top five seeds. So Lenardi didn't post a whole one through 68 list, but he posted his top seeds and out of the top five seed lines, so the top 20 teams, uh, Michigan State and Ohio State, were nowhere left to be found. Those two teams, obviously, still plenty safe in the NCAA tournament. That's a look at the bracketology right now from Lenardi. After we come back, I'm going to break things down to finish the show by asking, who would I want on my team if it got down to the final five minutes? It seems like all the Big Ten games are doing it right now, close at the end, and you need your star player to be able to be reliable in that crunch time minute. Who is it that I would want on my team to take those last few possessions and lead the way? I'll have three names for you when we come back here on Locked On Big Ten. Well, it's almost the end of February now, but your New Year's resolution could still somehow be hanging on there by a thread. And you can help it out if it has something to do with maybe getting healthy by heading over to built.com and trying Built Bar. Really, if it isn't just health that you're looking after, but whatever you need, you obviously need some energy for, you can go and get Built Bar's products, help you get through the day, get through your workout, get through whatever it is that you have to get through to be successful, be whatever you want to be. Really, go to built.com and check out the Built Bars, which have 100% dark chocolate, while also giving you less than 150 calories in most cases, and more than 15 grams of protein with less than 5 net grams of carbs and sugars. It's all the healthy stuff you want without any of that garbage, and when you open it up, you're going to be expecting some sort of nutritional granola crunchy bar, but no, it looks like a candy bar. It tastes like a candy bar. You're going to have to try this out to really, really know what I'm talking about. So head on over to built.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. And of course, as always, let them know that we sent you here at Locked On. They're sending new flavors out all the time, so you're going to have to check again if you haven't as of late and see exactly what they've got made. It could be tailored right to you. Again, built.com, your place to go for all of your protein needs. Back in on Locked On Big Ten, just finishing up the show. Thought I'd had a little bit of fun here to end things as I'm without guests. Jay Stevens will hopefully be in at some point this week. But again, I'm traveling here today. Maybe get him in tomorrow. Maybe have Isaiah Hole come in tomorrow after he wasn't able to get in last week. We'll talk about all sorts of stuff throughout the week here on Locked On Big Ten. But while I've got your attention here for a minute, I just wanted to go over just my top three players right now as to who I would have finishing a game. And I'm talking about not just taking the last shot. Because honestly, the last shot we can talk about uh, being clutch. We can talk about just who creates the best shot for themselves in a one-shot situation. But the last few minutes of a Big Ten basketball game, of an NCAA tournament game, are a lot different than that. You need more than just one shot. You need a kind of consistency that you're going to be able to have a guy that you can go to every single time. And if he's not giving himself a good shot, he's making sure that the team is not coming away empty-handed. Or at least not going down without An efficient and quality fight, right? We're not talking about throwing up shots that happen to go in. We're talking about working a good offense, the guys who really, really know how to do it for themselves and know how to get their team's wins when it matters most when it's close at the end of the game. Number one on my list right now has to be, and I've seen a lot of really good players here in the Big Ten. Nobody has impressed me more on a day-in and day-out basis than Jaden Ivey of the Purdue Boilermakers. I mean, this guy, just every single time I watch him, is doing something different with his game that just makes you go, wow, that's impressive. The athleticism, obviously, is off the charts. I mean, you saw the huge dunk he had last night, of course, against Rutgers. But what he's able to do inside, outside, getting by players, moving around players, going over players, his ability to score is... Something that, in my opinion, is kind of unmatched in his creativity to create his own shot, to work off of other people, to make a shot for himself off the ball, to get other people a shot while he's getting all the attention on the ball. It's something that I don't think anybody else has mastered quite as well as Jaden Ivey has for Purdue. And for that reason, he's got to be my guy right now. Again, he's a pure scorer in any way he wants to. He can go out and get himself a good look. And I don't think that's something you can find with anybody else to the degree that Jaden Ivey gives it to you. For a lot of the same reasons, and maybe just only a half step below, I have Johnny Davis as my number two guy out of Wisconsin. Uh, This guy, uh, on top of having the ability to do a lot of the things Jaden Ivey does, he wants it. He wants to be the guy that the last few minutes your team's fans are thinking about as they drive home and thinking, man, that guy beat us. Johnny Davis, in the last four minutes of that game, took over and decided that Wisconsin was going to win. We've seen him already. He likes waving goodbye to opposing team's fans. He likes putting the game away, and I love that fire out of him. Now, I think it's something where he has... Something that's just more than a confidence when it comes down to that situation, right? There's guys who shy away from that moment. There's guys who welcome that moment. And then there's guys who chase after that moment, right? And Johnny Davis has shown every single sign on the court that he's somebody who, when it gets down to three minutes left, five-point game or less, just give him the ball because if they're going to win or they're going to lose, Johnny Davis is going to be the reason why. That's the kind of guy he is, the kind of player that he goes into every game wanting to be. And it's part of the reason why Wisconsin's been one of the most efficient Big Ten basketball teams that we've seen all season, because Johnny Davis knows what he can do, and he knows how to do it to a way that helps Wisconsin win most. Number three on my list, Keegan Murray of Iowa. Now, this guy has just faced it all, right? He's gone through all the tests, all the adversity, not playing on one of the best teams in the Big Ten, like, say, a Johnny Davis or a Jaden IVR. But he does it every single time for the Hawkeyes. Maybe he does more than he should a lot of the time for the Hawkeyes, more than he should have to, at least. And gets Iowa into situations where they can shock an Ohio State team on the road like they did this weekend. He's an everything kind of guy. I had the episode where I said, He could still very easily be the Big Ten player of the year earlier, I think last week. He's still in that position. He doesn't have the same kind of power that being on one of these star teams gives you. But if you watch Iowa play, and maybe this is, again, a consequence of me not watching quite as much Iowa as I have everybody else this season. But he he just has the kind of ability that he's proven it time in and time out. I've doubted Keegan Murray. I've wanted to doubt Keegan Murray. I've wanted to be like, please tell me that this guy isn't actually going to run with the best of the best on the best teams in the Big Ten. But he is. And he has time and time again. He bounced back from an off slump. I mentioned a time where he had four or five games with 15 or less points, he's followed that up with five straight games with at least 20, dropping 25 two or three times, had a 30-point game in there, and he's right back where he was before. He went through that downside and came back out on the other side, ready to go again and ready to help Iowa win. Those are my top three guys. Jaden Ivey at the top, Johnny Davis behind him, Keegan Murray. If you're picking someone who says, hey, three minutes, you got to win the game, I want that guy on my team, and I really, really hate if he's on the other side. This has been Locked On Big Ten. Again, thank you for listening in to everything that we do every weekday, and thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL corner Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, this has been Locked On Big Ten. We'll be back tomorrow, hopefully back in the regular setup and ready to go with whatever happens in the Big Ten today. Maybe more punches. Hopefully not, I guess. Maybe not. Hopefully not. I don't know what Big Ten fans want. It's going to be talked about whatever it is that happens next time here on Locked On Big Ten.